You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. You know, ever since the, the sin of Adam and Eve, our world has been at war. There's been a battle between evil and good ever since that. There's still a battle today, but Jesus would say, I've come to bring you peace, and it's a peace that's not of this world. You know, before 9-11, it was pretty peaceful in the world, really was, especially in the United States. You could go into a concert, a ball game, and walk right in. There was no security to take your bag and scan you. You just walked right in. You could go to the airport and get on your plane, not arrive any more than 30, 40 minutes early. I was with our teenagers this morning, and they don't remember any of that. They don't remember the world before 9-11. They don't remember what it was like to not be on a shakedown every time you enter into a place or looked at funny. Do you remember where you were 20 years ago? Teenagers weren't born then. (laughs) They don't remember anything. But do you, if you were alive then? Many of us were. Most of us remember exactly how we felt. We still feel that way to some degree, don't we? We can remember specifically what we were doing, what was going on at that very moment. And now we've got this pandemic. We've got the divisiveness. We've got the riots. Not as much anymore, thank God, but there's still some. Killings, natural disasters. And anniversaries such as this remind us that nothing is normal now. It's not been normal since 9-11, to be honest with you, 20 years ago. August was a tough month. This August, this past month, was a really tough month. The horror in Afghanistan, the destruction in Haiti, the flooding in Tennessee, Hurricane Ida. Folks, in the last two weeks, just the last two weeks alone, I provided pastoral care to 11 families that have lost loved ones. 11 families. That's a lot. Working as a chaplain within the hospital system and hospice is the most I've seen yet. Eleven in two weeks. Our nation is consumed with grief and sadness and sorrow. It seems like we're all lamenting, right? And don't dare turn on the news or read the paper because you'll really go into a depressed funk. What should we do when pandemics and cataclysmic events strike? Have faith, not fear, but that's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, the prophet Isaiah was a, was a spokesperson for God, and he was saying to a, a displaced people, a downtrodden people, a disappointed, grieving people, he was saying to them, when you pass through the waters, do not fear. For the Lord our God will be with you, and he will not allow the waves to overcome you. When you pass through the fire, I'll be with you. God will be with you, and he will not allow the flames to overtake you. The prophet says, do not fear, for he is the Lord our God. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. 
For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. God's words spoken to the prophet Isaiah. Billy Graham shared these words at a 9-11 National Day of Prayer. This was a remembrance service many years ago. He says this, We've always needed God from the very beginning of this nation, but today we especially need Him. We're facing a new kind of enemy. We're involved in a new type of warfare, and we need the help of the Spirit of God. The Bible's words are our hope. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. 9-11. You know, there are only two numbers that represent judgment and disorder. And those numbers are 9 and 11. Ever since 9-11, our country... Many would say our world, our country has been in disorder. On 9-11, we faced an enemy from without. Today, we face an enemy from within. One of our enemies, folks, is compromise. That's one of our enemies. Jesus did not compromise truth in order to keep people from being offended. But today, religious leaders, church leaders, those in power, they compromise truth so that they don't offend folks. You will offend people when you speak the truth, when you teach the truth, when you point out passages from the Bible, you will offend people. Jesus offended a lot of people. We must never forget 9-11. We must never forget the heroes of that day. We must never forget those who ran into the burning buildings. We must never forget those who said, let's roll. We must never forget the endless stories of sacrifice. We must never forget the men and women who since that day have stood in harm's way, defending us and making it their mission to prevent such an attack from happening again. We must never forget the sacrifice of the first responders who grace us with their presence under the tent. We must never forget. And folks, I'm not suggesting that we should not express normal emotions of concern and uncertainty. I'm saying that fear is not the spiritual response. Fear is not the spiritual response. In 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear will not comfort anyone. I don't go and visit folks and provide pastoral care by scaring them, by making them fearful. I, I just don't do that. Hey, do you know that the daughter said that you're going you're gonna to die in like two weeks? Man, that stinks, doesn't it? It's horrible. You know, you ain't got much to live for. I don't do that kind of thing. Fear only brings more anxiety and more stress. Yet we must not let fear reign during time of crisis. And we can do that. People do that. There are no answers in fear. There aren't any. Only faith will have the answer for us. 
Genesis 9-11, and pay attention, these are going to be some 9-11 passages. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there be any more flood to destroy the earth. Do you believe God's promises? Do you believe this promise? Tsunamis, earthquakes, hurricanes, they're localized. The rainbow is God giving us his word on this. Do we believe him? Do we trust him? I want you to hear these words, okay? I do not believe that God caused 9-11. I have some counterparts that believe it. Pastors that believe that. I don't believe God caused the terrible tsunami of 2004 that killed 221,000 people. I don't believe that God caused Hurricane Katrina or COVID, just as God did not cause the death of any child, spouse, or other loved one, or the 11 people that I provided care to, the families of the 11 people that passed away under my care. God did not cause cancer or heart disease. He did not cause destruction. He does not cause terrorism. What I do believe is that our country is very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. On 9-11, folks, 19 Arabs with box knives wreaked havoc on our country. Do you realize that? 19. To the point that we completely shut down on 9-11. Completely shut down. All transportation, businesses were shutting down, schools were shutting down, everything shut down that day. And what happened, that was on a Tuesday. Now, what happened at church that following Sunday? Do you remember? I was at a very large church right here on Mount Vernon. Very large. It was packed. The balcony was full. The church was full. The youth area was full. The hallways were full. And that, that happened for the next couple of weeks. Packed. And then within about a month or two, your, your crowds got back to normal. In the church, why so many people? And here we are 20 years later, and less than two years ago, this virus hit, and our, our world, specifically our country, completely shut down. And churches closed their doors. Matter of fact, there are some churches that just opened up a few weeks ago and have shut the doors again. We never shut the doors, even though we didn't worship inside. We did online for a little while. Then we gathered outside, the whole worship team, all the equipment outside under the tent for a little while. Then we moved back inside, continued to have the outside option, the online option. And we've remained a Waffle House church ever since. <laughs> you know that, right? Gathered, gathered, scattered, and digital. A few people got that. It's interesting, isn't it? One event, the church is packed out. The next event, 
the church is empty. There was a revival after 9-11. Did you know that? But the revival only lasted a few months, if that. And our country was unified during that time. Unified. Not all this divisiveness. The government now called for a national day of prayer after 9-11 happened. Not just one, several days of prayer. Even the media (laughs) called for prayer. Have we seen or heard a call for prayer lately? I mean, Franklin Graham, of course he's going to. But have we? As a a country? Have we? Here we are 20 years later. Thousands of lives have been lost. And we're more divided than ever. I believe that. I also believe we need to be good stewards of what God reveals to us. And that's what I'm trying to do today. What God has revealed to me, I'm trying to be a good steward of what he's revealed to me, just as Isaiah was trying to be a good steward of what God revealed to him. And I hope as God reveals things to you that you're a good steward of what God reveals. He has revealed to me that there is another revival on the horizon. I mean, it's, it's here, folks. Right on the horizon. And are we ready for that? For what God's going to do? We need to be praying for that revival. I want you to come to this Thursday night prayer gathering we're having at Marty and Brett's house. It was anointed this past Thursday. Let's pack their backyard out as the Holy Spirit moves through us and we pray for each other, for this country, for this world, for your pastors. We bring what's on our hearts before the Lord. To pray so that the unredeemed become redeemed and that no one will have to fear death because they will have received new life in Christ, which equals eternal life. that, That to be our prayer, that what you have, many of you have, the world will have. And the world has access to that. If believers in Christ would do what God has called us to do, Go ye therefore into the ends of the world, the ends of the earth, proclaiming the good news. So another thing I believe we need to do, not only do we not need to fear, but pray, don't panic. How many of you have panicked over the last two years? Maybe several times. Yes. When panic takes over, prayer ceases. We must continue to pray for those who are homeless or missing loved ones. We should pray today for all those ravaged by terrorism and the ongoing worldwide war against it. Nehemiah 9-11. And God divided the sea before them so that they went through the middle of the sea on dry land and that their persecutors, the Lord, threw into the depths as a stone into the mighty waters. The natural man or woman panics. The supernatural man or woman prays. For the mind of the sinful man or woman is death, but the mind of the spiritual man or woman is life and peace. To live life in the Spirit. Every day, Holy Spirit, speak through me, use me, act through me. Give me the mind of God. Give me His will. His desire for my life. 
pray that. And He will open up your heart and mind to things you never thought possible. Psalm 91.1 He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. It's hard to see in the shadows, and it can be scary there until we realize whose shadow it is. We're in the shadow of His wings. He's hovering all around us, ready for us to respond to Him, to reach out to Him, to call to Him. Another thing that we should do is believe God, don't blame Him. Don't blame Him. This is not God's fault. 9-11 wasn't God's fault. This pandemic's not God's fault. The death of your loved one's not God's fault. The fact that your sciatic nerve's hurting you right now, that's not God's fault. There are things that we call an act of God. Some will blame Him for the hurricanes. Some will blame, them, blame Him for their house falling down. Some will turn against Him when a loved one dies or they get sick or ill or the paycheck doesn't come. Some will suggest that God is punishing certain individuals. Some will say, God's punishing me for a past sin. That's why my son died. I heard somebody say that a couple of weeks ago. Punishing me for my past sin, so that's why he struck my son dead. There are people who actually believe that sort of things, folks. That's their theology. What is theology? Don't let that scare you. That's your understanding, your concept of who God is, and God is a God of love. Did you hear that? He is a God of love. He's not a God of hate. He's not a God of death. He's not causing death, destruction, and evil. Man's done a good enough job of that himself. You will make the decision today to get out in your car, and we've got our first responders out there, so you better not do this, and see it says 35, and you decide... I'm going to go 55 so I can get through that yellow light. I don't want to wait on this yellow light. And you know what the yellow light I'm talking about down here, don't you? We saw a guy do it twice. He ran the red light twice. I wish he could have got his tag and given it to one of our first responders today, but I, I couldn't see it. I would have done it. Wouldn't have done any good, right? They, they tell me that it didn't really do you any good to do that. But anyway, so you decide to do that, and you get T-boned. And somebody in your passenger side is killed, slung out through the windshield. God didn't do that. You did that. That's your decision. That's your free choice, your free determinism, your free will to do that. There's evil in the world, folks. And many of us have some of that evil in us. It's there. So we have to be on guard. We have to be in touch and in tune with our Savior and not allow evil to take a stronghold in our lives because Jesus has bounded the strong man. He's defeated the strong man. You know who the strong man is, don't you? Satan. He's been defeated. He has no power unless you allow him to have power. And many times he doesn't have any power, but you blame it on the devil. But it's actually something you did. It's something you thought of. The devil didn't make you look at that pornographic image on your phone that you got addicted to. The devil didn't make you pick up that whiskey bottle and drink the whole thing. He didn't make you do that. You did that. but he certainly can confuse you to thinking that's okay to do. That's when you justify it. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to take one more drink of it. I'm just going to look one more time. I'm just going to do this one more time. And you go to bed and you pray at night, Lord, I'm not going to ever do that again. Please forgive me. Three or four days pass and you're going right along and then you go right back into that habit or that addiction. 
you never really fully surrendered. You never really turned that over to the Lord. You never really sought the help that God had for you by going to that addiction program or that person who could counsel you and guide you. You see how God moves and works? He uses his creation to minister and to provide care to us. It makes sense, folks, that he allows us to be his representatives, to provide care for others. So don't blame him. It's part of our nature to make ourselves feel better by assigning blame. We do it all the time. We blame our spouses for things that we lost. Well, if you hadn't put it there, I keep it over here, but you put it over here. I look for 30 minutes. You only look five minutes, but you want to, you know, you want to bask in that. 30 minutes, I've spent an hour looking for that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Blame it on them. We like to blame other people. Yesterday, many of you were blaming the coaches. Last week, I was blaming the offensive line. We like to blame people, don't we? Some will seek to blame the president, and there's a lot of that going on. The government, we know a lot of that's going on. The media, of course. And when all else fails, it's just blame China. That seems what we do. We blame China. Or we blame the progressives. We, we blame the conservatives. We even blame the moderates because they're confused. They're kind of in the central part of life. They don't know what they're doing. We just cast the blame on everybody except ourselves. I'm always right. Wrong. If you live that way, whoo, you are what Jim Carrey would call a lehu zaher. You are. I had to throw that in there, Brian. There is a place for blaming, believe it or not, but it shouldn't be a political tool. This is about saving lives, folks. And the Christian faith is about saving lives, not blaming. Ecclesiastes 9.11. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. It is a sin-cursed world, and bad things happen. Yet we have been forgiven. We shouldn't blame God, but believe on Him. God is not responsible for our circumstances. He wants to save us from them. And He will if we believe. Like the blind man. You remember the blind man story in John 9, 11? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. We don't know all the reasons why. We do know that God is in charge and he controls all. Thus, we must believe and not blame. He will help you see. He will give you his eyes if you'll be obedient, if you'll seek him and ask for him to be your guide. Respond, don't run. We must take this as a lesson and a call from God to do that which must be done. Matthew 9.11, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciple, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus went where the opportunities were, to those who recognized their need of him. That's what he did. And this is the time for believers to reach out as well. Be assured and not angry. It's so easy to be upset and angry all the time, isn't it? But be assured and not angry. Be assured that God always does the right thing. 
Be assured that God never makes mistakes. Our anger must be directed toward sin. Righteous anger must be directed toward the prince of sin. We must unite against the act of terrorism. God gave his son for the sinner. Anger, folks, will only cause confusion and a misunderstanding. So we need to focus upward in assurance, not outward in anger. Upward in assurance. God be with me. God give me what to say. Help me respond the way you would respond. Not in my flesh, but in the Spirit. What will we do in time of crisis? We must have faith, not fear. We must pray, not panic. We should believe and not blame. Don't run from problems. Run towards them. You've never heard that before, have you? I'm not running toward a problem. Run toward the problem. Respond to those in need. Respond to the situation knowing that you have God who goes before you. A lot of folks are suffering. Maybe you're even suffering. You're sad. You're hurt. The only cure to suffering, folks, is to lean in to its pain and lean into the Lord. The Lord knows what pain is. He's faced it. The most extreme, excruciating pain you could ever experience. He knows your pain. He feels it with you. So you lean into that pain, and therefore you lean in to the Lord. We are made strong in our weaknesses to be a source of healing for others. We could do that as a nation. We did it in 9-11 right after that. We leaned into each other. We depended on each other. We packed out churches together. We prayed together, and nobody complained about it. You didn't have this activist group over here saying something against prayer or saying that we don't need to have God in schools or prayers in school. There was prayer in school for a moment. There were people gathering outside, inside, in the cafeteria, in the courtyards, in the office. They were praying. Businessmen and women praying together, holding hands on Wall Street. Can you imagine? And praying. You know it was a big deal, folks, on 9-11 when Wall Street shut down. And when they came back together, what did they do? They prayed. And God restored. And He healed our land. And we became stronger. Where is that call to prayer today? Some folks would say that we are evolving. I would say that it's possible when it comes to spirituality and faith that we might be, we could be regressing. And that's why followers of Christ can no longer be quiet and be weak and be timid anymore. We must get the message of truth to the world. We must take the love of God into the battlefield. That is a call to us. That's where revival will happen, folks. You might be ridiculed for it. You might even be hurt. You might even be offended. Jesus was offended quite often, but he didn't let it offend him. He knew it was going to happen, so he didn't stop teaching and preaching 
the truth. To be conscious of the pain that you have right now, the pain that I have, that we're struggling with, that some of us have been struggling with for decades, is to name that pain. What is it? Name it out loud to the Lord. Is it selfishness? Is it insecurity? Is it depression? Is it anger? What is it? Name it. Name it. Let him know what it is. We make our deepest connection with God and with others through our shared experience of suffering, folks. Do you know that? And when you share that suffering and when you share that woundedness, it loses its power over you because you're sharing it and you're allowing someone else to hear that. And then you're opening up the wave of communication for them to share their pain and their woundedness. We need each other. We can't do life alone. We need to let out what it is that's wounding us, that's keeping us defeated, and rise up and be who God has created us to be. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.